Welcome to the Bike Rumor Podcast, where we spin off from our usual tech coverage to pick the brains of the people behind the brands. If you want to hear how bikes and components go from ideas to the things we ride, this is the cycling podcast you've been waiting for. Please welcome your hosts, Tyler and Watts. So, NABS just happened. I, I heard that. Yeah. It's a bummer you didn't get to go. I know you yeah, love that it's show. it's a super bummer. Stuck at the shop. We're going to talk a little bit about that soon, in a minute. But it okay. was a good show. So, I sat down and talked with Paul Price of Paul Component there. So, mm, that is our Paul. guest today. We're going to talk about what he's been up to for the past 30 years, which is pretty big milestone if you think about it for somebody who started off with just kind of an idea in a machine shop and like one product. Um, Absolutely. It was good hanging out with him. He's a fun guy. He's a lot of fun. He was one of our guests actually on the Friday Yard Sale videos when we were doing those. Where was that? It was, I was out at Sea Otter, so I interviewed him at Sea Otter, but he even came up to me afterwards. He's like, man, Tyler, you know, I really enjoyed that. So I was like, we're here at NABS. Let's do it again. Boom. Yeah. So we had to fight a little bit of crowd noise. But, uh, you know, what What was cool was that he had an entire history of his products, like everything he's ever made laid out on a display at their booth. And, you know, 30 years is a lot, but you're celebrating a milestone or just did. Somewhat. Yeah, Somewhat. a real milestone. It's um, we turned 14, which uh, it's kind of like. I just turned 43. Everything's an awkward age for me right now. <laughs> just super awkward. And tomorrow, I actually get to talk to my landlord about whether or not <laughs> this continues. Yeah, what, are the, so, what are the sticking points? I know you, you've had some drips in the ceiling. You have some other issues with things not always working. Not, and the building itself isn't necessarily the issue. It's um, just rent continues to go up. And it gets to a point where you have to start asking, is it sustainable? Right. Um, or is it cause, worth cause it? Gro- right? is it? Like, what oh, is it? Because he's not doing anything more for you. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'm going to, I've got my talking points and I'm sure they, he has his. So, I think he's prepared for this. Is he used to this? Like, does, do you have I to do this every year? No, this is the first time I'm having this conversation. Thus far, they've been fine to work with, honestly. Um, but uh, it's the landlord, man. Yeah. And the lease basically says everything in their favor and very little in the tenants. So, yeah, I'm going to be a little bullish. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. See what happens. All right. Well, so you're, you're almost as half as long I'm as Paul's been in business. Yeah, exactly. And we've actually, I mean, I move a decent amount of Paul's stuff through here. And I have in my cases a decent amount of older all stuff. I don't have a derailleur. I wish I had a yeah, derailleur. That would be I cool. Wish. That'd be a collector's item at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, you know, if the, the lease mm. talks didn't work out, you could eBay that for probably, I'm guessing, mm, a lot I could retire. Know. Yeah. I could retire. <laughs> Living large off of Paul. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, the derailleurs were definitely a cool thing. Um, and, and Paul's going to talk about that so we won't spoil it. But, like, it got me thinking, like, what are some of the other cool products that you've had and used over the, you know, the last, 30 years or so of your cycling career like by paul or hey, by anybody like anyone. i had a set of the purple ringley hubs right like if you want to talk about a classic item that kind of everybody our age knows about right it was the purple ringley hubs and i had a set until i put the wrong kind of lube or grease or whatever into them and it just the pulse just it was like instant like the first ride the pulse just started slipping and stripping and just it destroyed the rear hub mm. but 
they uh, didn't stop me from like still selling to somebody who wanted oh, yeah. a cool set of purple well, hubs. I'm definitely I've got at least one of the displays up front is made with a purple ringlet hub. Back in the day, um, you know, there's cool stuff and there's stuff that I thought was cool that isn't necessarily cool, like, like old Tioga Farmer John tires. I love those things because they were the first tires that I started riding on. I don't think they were particularly good, but I love them. Uh, yeah. We got some new proof wheels in back. Ooh, yeah, I remember yeah. those. The hub, um, the car. They were like the first hubs with the carbon yeah. shell. Yeah. And they haven't been ridden enough to explode yet. So. <laughs> so speaking of tires, you know what tires were my first, like, the real. So every bike, you know, from 20-something years ago, the mountain bikes, they all came with those Richie or Richie knockoffs profiles, right? And the first thing you wanted to do was upgrade something. And at that time, it was the WTB Velociraptors. Did you ever have a set of those? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the big paddle wheel back. And yep. what's surprising is, I don't think for the U.S. market, but I was asking them if they still make them. They're like, oh, yeah, we sell the crap out of those. Still in 26-inch, but yep. for some foreign market, like nowhere around here. I still buy them occasionally just to have a set. Really? Front and rear. Who yeah. buy Just tell. Just <laughs> clapped out mountain bikes. Right. I don't know. Man. Kind of the like beater bike, uh, what, tweaker mountain bike kind of stuff. Huh. I was going to yeah. say, like, if there's ever a nameplate that WTB should bring back, it should be that, right? Like, can you imagine a fully modernized version of a Velociraptor? Like, I don't know what it would be because those worked pretty good, but it would just be cool, right? Like, I think they'd sell a lot just on the name. Same with Farmer John's guys. Okay. Just Tioga. telling you. It was Tioga, right? Because Tioga's pushing again. They're, they're coming out with some interesting tire designs. You know, the, I think it's, I want to say slider. I'm totally getting it wrong. But, like, their tread patterns on, not to get totally off subject of falls, <laughs> but the tread patterns on the new Tioga tires are kind of crazy. Like, and we've tested them, and they actually do exactly what they said. They're like, they want to help you drift the corners, which is sort of weird. But, you know, if you're trying to just get around it super quick, and you like that kind of thing. Boom. Yeah. Done. It's the kind of stuff I do accidentally. <laughs> right? And then you're like, whoo, thank God I didn't crash. Um, it occurred to me, have have we given props to the voice at the beginning of this podcast? Hmm. Yet? You know, we haven't. And I'm glad you brought that up because nobody knows who it is. Like, bike industry people, like, everybody that's listened to it has asked. And they... The one comment I've heard from multiple people of like all different ages and genders and everything was like, "Oh, yeah, that's that's weird. You got like an Asian person to do your intro." <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, if you only knew." Very... So, and, and then once they say that, like I hear it a little bit, but it is it is not. So it's not an Asian person. But here's the thing, I'm not going to tell you who it is. You know who it is, Watts. Mm -hmm. We're not going to tell anybody who it is because we're going to run a little contest. So if you Listen to the end of the episode. I'll fill you in on the details, how you can win some cool bike rumor stuff. And with that, what do you say we drop in on Paul? All right. Can she win? <laughs> no. Okay. But she, All right. All but right. she knows not to tell anyone that she did this until after we run this contest. Okay. So, here's Paul. Hey, Paul. Welcome to the bike rumor show. Oh, it's great to be here, Tyler. Thanks Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. I'm glad you could do it. We're at NAB, so if you hear all the noise in the background, that's why. And you guys are here celebrating 30 years of making Paul Component. Yep. Congratulations. Yep. 30 years. Thank you. So I have a Thank couple you. of questions, some silly, some sort of serious. Yeah, lay it it's on me. Paul Component without an S on the end, right? No S's. Why? Because the original name is Paul Component Engineering. 
And I actually thought that up in college because I thought it sounded official. And for some reason, I thought it sounded vaguely Italian. Huh. And being a campy dork since before I can remember, thought that might be cool. All right. Yeah. And then you just dropped the engineering part of it? It's, we still use it when it's formal, like on letterhead and stuff, but our hashtag is Paul Components uh, on Instagram, and we tried to fight it, and now you just can't fight that forever. So. Right. The people have spoken. We, we're, we're just going with it. Yeah. But it's at Paul Component, singular, is the actual handle. No, yeah. there's an S. Oh, there is an S. There's an there. S, All right. yeah. All right, so 30 years. What was the first product you made? Uh, the first product was a seat post quick release. And you uh, still make it? Yeah, we make the whole collar now uh, in various sizes. But uh, uh, yeah, we, we did make it for a, for quite some time. They weren't too cool. Nobody was using them. So, but, Are they but making a back. comeback? They're, yes. Why do you think? that's Dropper, dropper posts. Okay. Mm -hmm. People want more control. Because I know if you clamp dropper posts in too tight, they can sometimes bind up or just don't work very well. Is there something special about yours that people love? No, you, dropper post? You, you can overclamp a dropper post. I think it's just a really inexpensive dropper post in many ways. Uh, oh, you mean without a dropper? Without a dropper. The manual dropper. Yes. You loosen it and you slam your post down. But I think because people decided that moving your seat post up and down was okay, then the Quick release C collar came into uh, came into vogue again. Also, it's really handy when you have friends over and you want to let them ride your bike. Yeah, that's yeah. true. True. Yeah. And then what was next? What was the next product? Uh, then we went to wheel quick releases, and that's what really got the ball rolling. Right. And then moved into some brakes. And, and then derailers at one point. Yeah, sort of the last piece of the puzzle for the American-made bike in the mid '90s was uh, nobody made a derailleur, and um, and then I just decided we have to do it. And I actually made all the drawings by hand on a paper. And we had the crappiest little retrofit CNC. And we pulled it off in time for, uh, I think it was a 95 Interbike. And it turns out there was two other companies doing it. But we're the only company that had an actual bike with a functioning derailleur. So we got all the press. So it, it was totally put us on the map made us Very really cool. famous and then how many years did you make it for did you sell a lot of them we sold probably 2,000 of them uh, we made it for four or five years right yeah what um, was the demise why well then shortly after Shimano said no -uh, no all these boutique people we know you can't have our our company and so then they came out with this second generation XTR which just was fantastic and um, and it, it sort of made what we were doing look a little bit silly in some ways. Uh, so so we moved on to single speeds. We got rid of derailers altogether. Right. And because yeah. your derailers had a very distinct look, as do all of your products, which is very um, blocky. They're just, you know, it's all CNC machine. There's, You're right. You have a certain aesthetic. And have you, like, ever thought about doing more streamlined, more kind of, like, smaller stuff? Because it's... You know, even the quick release, it's all big and blocky. Right. Yeah, you know, the function for me has always dictated how it looks. I mean, the stem has got some squiggles and some lines on it, but that's a function of how we uh, make it. Um, we very rarely add any kind of 
stylistic points for style on its own sake. Yeah, but colors. You Just, do a lot of colors. Yeah, so you get the you get your style through your colors. Yeah, and the new one, as of I guess now, is green, right? Because you had purple and then you did blue and now yep. it's yep. Yep. So we have done green for everybody out there uh, not in the know. Green is the major pain in the butt. It's hard to match from batch to batch, right? Like, why? It's even between batches. I don't know. It's some kind of black magic. You'd think they have it figured out, but we've been through several anodizers. And green is the 30th anniversary traditional color, so we thought, great. Um, but every time we do green, it's it's a pain. Anyways, we have done one successful batch. That might be it. So, <laughs> so if, get it while you can. If, if you want something in green, take a look. So over these past 30 years, what was the one product that was the most challenging for you to develop and make? Uh, that would, that's easy. That would be the clamper. Uh, I kind of thought you might say that. Mechanical disc brake. That thing a lot of moving parts. Three years, and all those parts have to be machined really, really to specific tolerances. Uh, and I'm really proud of that brake. Yeah, is it worth it? Are you selling enough of them? So, Absolutely. They kind of, yeah. um, I mean, they're everywhere here at NABS. Yeah. People like a mechanical brake. I think the small builders, it's easier for them to run a mechanical system. But yeah. aftermarket, like, what kind of rider is using that? Um, everybody from somebody who wants a completely NorCal bike to uh, your, your guy that rides in Alaska in the winter uh, to oh, yeah. long touring. Or there's a there's a just a lot of people that are afraid of bleeding brakes as I used to be. Um, the bicycle went 120, 50, whatever years without ever having to bleed a brake. So it's a lot of tradition versus change. So change is slow. So we wanted to make a mechanical first and and uh, nail that that market and and we'll see what happens next. Okay. Well, that's exciting because it sounds like it tees up for a hydraulic, maybe. I mean, Hope's doing it. They're machining their own stuff, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, uh, Can't I've, let them beat you. <laughs> I've experimented. I'll say that much. All right. Um, have there been products that, you know, I think the derailleur, even though maybe it wasn't the huge seller, you said it really put you guys on the map and got you a lot of attention. Is there a product that you put a lot of time and energy into and it was just a total flop and, like, gave nothing back? Um, yeah, the front derailleur actually was, we hit this peak with the rear derailleur and then it was downhill and we thought the front derailleur would carry us, but it was a little bit of a flop. We, we sold a good number of them, but uh, yeah, the, the derailleur the derailleur period was, was uh, up, down, dramatic kind of a uh, flutter drought kind of situation. Right. Yeah. Um, what, yeah. what would you say you've learned? Like, what are you know one or two of the biggest lessons you've learned, whether it's business or anything else, over these thirty years? Yeah, number one is I'm shy, introverted guy, and I've come out of my shell. And you have to speak with people, listen to them, understand what they're coming from. An actual one-on-one interaction is really important. Number two thing is uh, the products have to work. Um, back in the 90s, we could just do anything, anodize it, whatever color, and we couldn't make enough. Um, but it turns out a lot of them 
we're not that great. And, uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, I mean, we definitely made some duds, but there's a lot of other companies that have just gone away because their products weren't that great. They were just there at the right time. Um, so now we take as long as it takes to make a rock solid, uh, durable, uh, reliable product. Yeah. How do you get the ideas for products? Are customers saying, oh, I wish you'd make, and then you hear that enough? Or are you just dreaming up whatever you want? Yeah, we get, believe me, we get a lot of, oh, you should make yada, yada, yada. Every, everybody in my position gets that. And once in a while, like one in 50, there's a really good idea, you know, and um, a lot of people don't realize this stuff has all been thought up before. But for me, it's just I ride every morning one to two hours religiously. Uh, and I try all kinds of different bikes. I've got, I, I build a, three or four new bikes every year just because there's a new thing happening. And I have to see what the experience is like and where we could come up with a, some kind of thing that would make it better for the, for the rider. Right. So basically, I ride a whole bunch of different bikes and that's where I get my ideas from. What's the next new thing? Well, we just came out with the bar ends and those are fun. It's got a little bit of attention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which it seems to me like that's low-hanging fruit, right? Just make something weird or <laughs> or with it dual is. purpose. And it's really easy to get attention and bring people into the brand. And then they see what else you have to do. Like, why are, yeah. why are you or why are other brands not doing more of that kind of stuff? Do you think it would get old or... I'm not, I'm not sure I understand the question. Well, so like you made some bar ends yes. with a hidden stash compartment. Yes. People can use that however they want. Yes. Obviously that's going to get a lot of attention and comments, whether people yeah. would use it for the perhaps unintended purpose. Um, it seems like it would be easy to create yeah. similar products for other parts of the bike. I get about it. About every six months. Yeah. And you get a lot of attention, right? Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I went to college and, uh, I've been down the whole stoner wormhole. Um, it's been many, many years since I've touched this stuff, but uh, yeah, that, that we're not we're not actually trying to make that some kind of uh, smoking pot thing. The the idea was just seeing people on the bike path, including friends, resting their palms on the end of the handlebar grips because. Uh, their hands are really tired after four hours of mountain biking and you're on a flat area and you're just trying to get back to the, you know, back home on the bike path. So, and then I thought, well, I'll make them a little longer and you can put stuff in here. And actually what I first wanted to do was, well, what we do, did do was have a place for matches for people who are out on trips and doing overnighters and they, they don't have the drop bar, they've got a flat bar and, um, and you got a you got a stash of something that could save your life, and it's really light and small. All right, cool. All right, let's talk about the show. You've gotten around a little bit, I think. Walked around some. Little bit, not little a lot. Bit, which is the curse of being at a booth, at, like yeah. having a booth at these shows, is you almost don't escape it. But what are you seeing? Because I've got some ideas on the trends I've seen and what's big. What's what do you think is the big thing for NABS this year? Um. Well, I've seen a number of bikes with tiny wheels, which, you know, used to be completely ridiculous in my mind, but it, they, they're really intriguing, especially with the fatter tires that might actually roll roll over things. Uh, and Rick Hunter's got one that's just amazing that folds up. Um, we worked with him, or he, he came up with this idea for a 
stem mounted rack and we worked with them on that and uh, which is super cool and it still yeah. like freaks me out a little bit that you're using stem bolts to yeah. carry a load it seems like a area where you wouldn't want to risk anything but it's i guess they're strong enough to hold the weight of you pushing against the faceplate constantly so it should work yeah it's actually actually the stem bolts aren't the weak link it's it's the without the rack it would be the faceplate with the rack the faceplate is super overbuilt so it's it's a pretty safe system cool yeah four five millimeter heavy duty stainless screws are pretty pretty dang strong right so the trend i've noticed is gravel like everybody every builder here has a gravel bike right and and it seems like they're kind of settling into what they want to do with that in terms of bottom bracket height mm-hmm. wheelbase and all the all the geometry around it or something is um are you getting and you supply a lot of these builders with parts are you yes are they asking for more gravel specific products in some way or what about like drop bar brake levers for your calipers oh yeah i kick myself we missed that boat uh and I've been riding drop bars off dirt, just always had a bike around just to, because it's fun and different. And uh, we should have been making those like six years ago. <laughs> and we would have it figured out when this whole gravel thing came. But uh, that's in the back of my mind. One of these days we'll get around to it. Um, is it hard to develop a new product? The, well, it requires a hood, which is plastic, which is molded and that's out of our expertise, and I know how to get it done. Uh, there's just been always been some other project in front of it. Right. Yeah. And is it uh, for you guys? Is it a bandwidth thing? Are you are you running at 110 percent all the time with capacity? Because you make everything in house, right? We do. We do. We make everything in house. Uh, we usually run two shifts on uh, eight or nine CNC machines. Um, I have two full-time engineers be- beside myself, and uh, I keep them pretty darn busy. And once in a while, they need a break just to like get the programs fixed up. And so there's only so much prototype time. Right. Um, we've actually grown a lot, and uh, down the road there could be could be room for another one, just specifically for R and D stuff. That's awesome. Is it easy to find people in your neck of the woods with that skill set? Well, it's a bike town and it's a college town, and there there's some people around. Uh, I never just go off resume, especially for a position like that. I have to have known the person for four or five years, develop a rapport. It's a tight knit people at the at the company. It's not a family. It's a company, but but we need a we need a flow that works. So. All right, so let's. I want like one piece of wisdom. Thirty years in the bike industry, thirty years making products. What? Well, what do you want people to know about Paul? Paul component. Uh, we take our time. We make it right. When you buy it, you cry at the beginning, and then it's all smiles. And instead of potentially the very opposite, when when you go cheap, and some people need to don't have the money, and that's fine. But you know. If you're on a bike, we're happy. If you want to upgrade to something a little nicer made, last a little longer, possibly forever, uh, take a look at our products. Cool. Thanks a lot. Loved, loved, loved it. Thank you, Tyler. So you know what uh, stood out to me in Paul's comments that I keep thinking of because <laughs> I find it really funny is he said, 
early in the days, if you just made something cool and Anno did a cool color, it didn't really matter if it was that good. And a lot of brands did it. And then somehow, like he figured out the secret of making it cool enough, people would put up with that. But it kind of goes back to like the new proof hubs, right? Like they sold a ton of them and it, it put that brand on the map at the time, even though maybe they didn't last real well. And then I can think of another example is the Truvative, the very first Truvative cranks when they came out with the isis bottom bracket you know the external bearing bottom bracket things right. like man we weren't even like a good team we destroyed those bottom brackets like it was like we just told them to send us a box of them because it was like every month we were calling them up and say hey guys we need a new bottom bracket but you know they were one of the few two that managed to hang on and then they got acquired by sram and it's you know i think when you have a good idea Maybe people are a little forgiving of the early executions if you just if they can see that you're trying. Yeah, I can see that for sure. A lot of companies did come and go, um, but Paul st stuck around. Yeah, it's funny. I'm looking like we're 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 actually recording in Watson's shop. So if the audio quality sounds less echoey than normal, it's because we're in a in a nice shop with a lot of stuff on the walls to damp some sound. But there's a sticker I'm looking at. It's Anza, and which makes me think like Anza components used to be a big thing, right? We we still have people that are looking for those elastomer, like the little rubber bits for their Anza pedals. Um, I remember yeah, that. which I I have a bunch. So <laughs> if if y'all are looking for them, just call me. Yeah, or what is it? RevolutionCyclesNC.com or something. RevolutionCyclesNC at Gmail. Yeah, I have a bunch of <laughs> Hit Anza pedal pieces for you. You got a kind of a whole like display of really old stuff there that we're looking at. Some of it, a decent amount, you know. I, a while back, I sold a decent amount of the kind of really cool stuff I had to Jeff Archer, mm. who, yeah, yes, sadly passed away. Um, and you know, for uh, Mamba, that was what it was called. Yeah, right? Mountain yeah. Bike or Museum of Mountain Bike yeah. History or something. Yeah, yeah. And um, man, I'd be curious to know where that stuff went. Where the stuff went, or just like yeah, but that was a really cool space, man. That was. That was a big deal when Jeff passed away. Yeah, it was a bummer to hear for sure. She's a great guy. Is uh, is there something you carry now, some parts, maybe from a small build or a big one, that it's just, like, surprises you that it sells? Like, do you order mm. it just thinking, I'm only ordering this because I know somebody's going to buy it? Man, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of something. I guarantee that I'll... You'll wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> right. battles. That, that was it yeah. so what is it like what are as a shop owner what are some of the bread and butter things that you have to keep in stock day in and day out because you just know that that's what people need man a lot's changed in my 13 14 years <laughs> right. um I, you know, once upon a time we were stocking all sorts of insanity like there's we'd have this wall with all the grid wall hooks and there'd be a 24 inch threaded cantilever fork hanging on there just because somebody's going to need that or wheels. I still have a back room full of wheels. Please buy all of my wheels. <laughs> um, yeah, just all the like, Oh, we need a 26 inch freewheel steel, uh, single wall rim for someone at some point, yeah, I still have some of that stuff kicking around. So more and more, we do not carry that kind of stuff. So all the basic sort of repair parts, a lot of the distributors have gotten really awesome about 
the turnaround of us being able to get it in such a way that you know, if we're two days out in repair, we'll have the part in two days. So it, it's there's no penalty to us not stocking some bizarre, not bizarre, but even standard part. items. Yeah, even standard items. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it yeah, is, and I've noticed that with a lot of shops, unless it's like a really like high end or boutique shop that's almost a destination in and of itself, nobody's stocking anything anymore. Right. Someone calls like, "Do you have an Ultegra derailleur?" Like, which one, man? <laughs> right. Long cage, short no. cage, this side, <laughs> yeah. the other, eleven speed. No, but I tell you what. By the time your bike is ready, we'll absolutely have it. What about upgrade parts? Like, what's the part on a bike? Road, mountain, gravel, whatever. Like, what is the one? part or component that people are upgrading most these days I mean, that kind of depends I, mean, I have i have my own theories about what should be upgraded right but what are bike. you actually selling what are people coming in and requesting because i remember like back in the day back in my day like headsets were a thing right like even though maybe they didn't make the biggest difference in the world the headsets that were coming on bikes were kind of crap you know you had the the cheap ball bearing you know, they still are crappy ones i guess yeah that's but, an easy place for companies to cut corners right yeah and, and well not that even put pedals on bikes anymore i was gonna say pedals too used to be total crap you know the pedals on kids bikes are just garbage yeah but yeah so do people still come in or or is is you know it's probably a painful question but are, is everybody just mail ordering everything now what do they come to the shops for what are they coming to you for they come to us for a lot of stuff i mean People are absolutely mail-ordering stuff. People are absolutely also mail-ordering the wrong thing because they have no idea what they're doing. Now, they ordered an Ultegra derailleur right? for their bike, and it's an 11-speed, but their bike is 9-speed. So they just, this kind of thing uh, all the time. Um, and then do they want you to take that derailleur back for them? Once or twice that has happened. <laughs> A guy asked if we would do trade-in on some tires he ordered online. He had ordered tubulars and just needed a pair of like 700 by 23 just tires the answer was no right sorry there is no market sorry, man. for that yeah um but yeah we i mean headsets for sure most of that stuff kind of happens during a repair um people don't come in necessarily requesting requesting it we because we have the bar we end up doing a lot of upgrades just kind of as via a conversation people right. are sitting at the bar we're all talking and then Two weeks later, they come in and say, remember that wheel set we were talking about? I think I want to do that. Cool. That's how it happens. Yeah. yeah. So again, your ongoing advice to shop owners is start selling beer. Selling beer. Just have that kind of casual atmosphere where there's not always a sales um, you know, pressure to be a sales thing. Right. I mean, but then you need to somehow be able to make money on that casual conversation you're having for an hour. Right. And more than the couple of bucks you'll make off of a beer. Yeah. Which, speaking, going, taking that concept back to NABs, man, I was going, so the, one of the coolest bikes that we photoed was this, like, mashup, drop bar, full suspension, really, really unique bike that uh, Bingham built made for a customer who had some special needs that needed, like, basically a drop bar, full suspension bike with a dropper post. And I kept going back to the booth, back to the booth, because I wanted to do a little video interview with him. And speaking of long conversations that I hope pay off, this one couple was talking to him about the tandem that he had on display literally for an hour. I went back to his booth like five times and he was still talking to the same people. And afterwards I'm like, 
And I think I, I'm guessing this was his wife. His wife was there helping in the booth. She's like, I'm sorry, he's he's still with them. And finally, they left, and I was like, man, like I hope they put a deposit down. He just kind of like laughed and shook his head. So you know, maybe, but it's that's what Nabs is for, I suppose. And I'm sure there are plenty of people going up to Paul and bending his ear on all the stuff he's made and talking about the glory days. And I remember yeah. when you made something, something. And, I know. I yeah. mean, well, think about how many times you've potentially done that to someone and maybe not given them the coverage that you said you were going to give them. Oh, come on. We cover everybody. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I mean, I've, I'm certainly guilty of talking to people at, uh, yeah, at booths for longer than I should. Usually in terrible ways, just <laughs> awkward. You, hey, do you remember when you built that first? That was really cool. Just that kind of stuff. <laughs> yep. I think they like it to a point, and then to a point, and then they move along, they turn and they walk on. away from me. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny because then there's the opposite of that is the people who are like, just kind of like scoping out the booths from afar, looking to see what kind of swag somebody has, and then like swinging real quick, grabbing the free stickers or whatever, and mm -hmm. then like leaving because they don't want to talk to anybody. They just want free stuff. Those are funny to watch too. Trade show stuff, man. It's a weird world. Yeah. There was this one kid at, uh, I was sitting at the Feats booth because Rob was kind enough to let us lay some of the stuff. Speaking of free stuff, you know, like we walk out to get free stuff. But now, like we had, I'd grabbed a hat from one of the booths and I just, you know, it was like stuff I didn't want to carry around or my lunch. And I was, you know, I set it to the Feats booth and I'm standing there. This kid literally runs up and just like all he says is, like, Can I have some free socks? Where's the free socks? And Rob's like, um, I got a flyer here for a discount code. And he's like, Ugh, and just walks to the next booth. And the same thing. I, I watched him go down the line, just like walking to every booth, huh. asking what the free stuff was. No, you say kid. Are you talking it was, kid? No, yeah, it was or? literally like, you know, like a 14 or 15 okay. year old. Like, All right. Old enough to have, should have had the wherewithal to not just run up to somebody right. and ask what kind of free stuff but are you going to give me. A 25 year old. No. Okay. No. Did you, uh, did you visit the Peeps Mobile while you were there? We did. That thing was insane. Yeah. And they just kept getting better and better as the show went on. Because, like, I went up to it on the first day because, you know, you got to check it out. And he's like, just keep, people just keep bringing me stuff to put on the bike. You got to wait until the end of the show to really see it. And it was, it turned out to be pretty spectacular. Good. Yes. So if you haven't had any idea what we're talking about, go to... I hate to say, search the word pube on Bike Rumor, <laughs> and you will see this bike but in do the that. early stages. But the, the build story of it is a two-parter from Anna, and it is incredible. The guy is just incredibly entertaining. Good. Yeah. Man, i got to go uh, stress out about this Lee situation. All right. So here's the deal on the contest before we sign off. If you can guess... Who did the voiceover for the intro and outro on this podcast? I will send you a Bike Rumor t-shirt and pint glass anywhere in the world. So, all you got to do is leave a comment on the post that accompanies this thing. So, go to bikerumor.com slash podcast. You'll find a link to all the episodes we've done. Look, at the, look for the one for Paul component and leave a comment. The first person to leave a comment with the girl's name wins simple as that and make sure you use a valid email address when you log in to do your comment because that's how we're going to contact you to let you know you won and yeah uh good luck so there's comments on these things yeah <laughs> since i haven't listened to any of them oh well, we listen I... to them in real time yeah exactly oh okay well, great i'm gonna go down the rabbit hole yeah let watts know what you think of his performance <laughs> yeah. 
That's a wrap on this episode. Tune in next time for another great ride. Be sure to follow at BikeRumor on your favorite social media and hit like and subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks and we will see you next time.